Collegiately speaking. And we're underway. Needs a block on the picker. He gets it. And will he go the distance? Yes, he will. Touchdown, Michigan State. As the Hokies deliver the dagger here in Tallahassee. Intercepted by the Wildcats. The Wildcats win. Unbelievable. Here's Collegiately Speaking, your one-stop shop for college football news. Collegiately Speaking. With Dave Eddy and former Northwestern quarterback Dan Person. How much you want to make a bet I can throw football over the mountain? Collegiately Speaking. And welcome to this week's edition of Collegiately Speaking. We take a look around college football with an emphasis on the Big Ten. Dave Ennett with former Northwestern quarterback Dan Persa. Can you believe here we are, middle of October, getting into the late stages of October? We're basically at the halfway point of the college football season. It goes fast, doesn't it? It's crazy. It's crazy. You know, it, it's almost too fast, right? We want it to be, you know, yeah. fans like us want it to be full year, year-round sport, but it's, it's unbelievable that's halfway over. Well, there were some big games last week, and uh, a couple of... Other really impressive performances in the Big Ten, and we can talk about these teams a little bit, Dan, because Michigan has had their doubters throughout, even though they're they're ranked in the top ten now, and and deservedly so based on how they've played. And uh, Michigan State, a team coming off a loss at home in a game in which they were heavily favored against Northwestern, they go into Happy Valley, knock off. Penn State, it's some of these games, just when you think you've got a team figured out, boom, we see what happens. I totally agree, and I think it's it's just kind of the evolution of, of teams in the Big Ten. Like you mentioned, Michigan, I, was, I wasn't I was you know so jacked up on them early. I just, right. I had, especially after watching the Northwestern game, I was like, these guys, they have a good defense, but they're not that good. It's it's pretty clear now that they're, they might be that good. Um, the way Shea Patterson's playing and the way the offense is really coming together with Higdon, um, they're going to be they're going to be really tough down the stretch. And uh, Coach Harbaugh, he's a great coach. They're going to continue to get better and they're going to figure things out on offense. Um, so I, I think it's they're they're heading to a you know a big showdown with with Ohio State at the end of the year. You know, I thought they might win that game against Wisconsin. I, I knew it was going to be a tough game for Wisconsin, no question. But I think. To lose the way they lost, or for Michigan to win the way they won, as lopsided as that game was. I mean, remember it was thirty-eight to seven there in the fourth quarter. I think after the the Hornybrook pick six, and I, I just I didn't see it being that lopsided game. That I think was really impressive. I agree, and I think it was more. You know, it was close early, um, but Michigan took over the game and put the nail in the coffin very quickly and they kind of showed their killer instinct and Wisconsin I mean I was dead wrong I, I thought they'd go in there and shock some people and Waterbrook you know just when we give him a lot of credit he, he kind of lays an egg on us but um, yeah, I agree I was I was very surprised and how how ugly that game got and how about Michigan State because we saw them the week before against Northwestern they did not look good a lot of people I think looked at that game and the Arizona State game which and we've talked about a lot about how that was sort of the exception a lot of things combined to work against Michigan State in that game. Not so much in that Northwestern game. I mean, they they had their issues in that game pretty evident. But for some reason, man, that land-grant game with Penn State, they always seem to find a way. They always play well. And I think, it, as we talked about um, last week, you know, coming off that, that Ohio State loss for Penn State is just tough, right? There's a serious hangover there mentally and physically and, and Michigan State is coming was coming off, like you said, a, t- a tough loss as well and they're, they're motivated to get back in, in the, the race for the East. So, you know, 
Joe, I think you Joe called the 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 wrong way. Um, but we've all done that. Yeah, we've all we were all three wrong uh, from last <laughs> week. But I think it was an impressive win for Coach D'Antonio. And anytime they're down, he gets them to respond. And yep. I'm really looking forward to the matchup this week against Michigan. All right, you and I and Super Joe, we were all at Ryan Field in Evanston on Saturday for one of the craziest games you're ever going to see in the comeback by Northwestern. Not that teams don't come back. I mean, we saw that Stanford game earlier this year. They were down 17, right? Late, got the game to overtime against Oregon. This was down by 10 with less than three minutes to go. Certainly not an uh, unreachable hurdle. It's the way they did it, though, because they had to take their timeouts and burn them on Nebraska's last meaningful possession and then they get pinned inside their own one Uh, you've got a fourth year starter at quarterback started 45 straight games that certainly helps certainly helps when guys catch the ball but still to take it the length of the field with no timeouts and do it and actually they had a few seconds to spare although if jj jefferson doesn't get in the end zone there on that last pass there could have been trouble you've been in that situation as a quarterback and when you know the clock's working against you i remember the game you got hurt against iowa uh 2010 we you guys have you shifted the momentum in that game and you're able to score with just a few seconds to go to pull it out at what point do you start to really believe you can do it? I think what what Fitz really does a great job of, and it, it's clear that the, the team is is starting to realize this is you can't stop playing, um, and this is just great evidence of you know if you just keep playing, you keep playing, you, you don't give up, you make one more play. I think they had two fourth down conversions. Um, you didn't mention it, but they had an experienced kicker. They needed yeah. the field goal before they got the touchdown to right. just stay in the game. So they kind of just hung on and hung on and Nebraska wasn't aggressive enough and couldn't put him away and if you just hang around and keep playing um, you know good things happen and and you know Fitz's uh, onside kick there at, at the end of the game was I think questionable um, rather than kicking it deep with three timeouts but the guys responded I think it was similar you mentioned the the Iowa game in 2010 he went for an all-out block and mm-hmm. we didn't block the punt ball rolled to the five and we're like all right well you know we still have a shot and in college football it's different than pro football trying to come back and win at the end of the game just with the way the clock works with first downs and you yeah. know it's the same with going out of bounds but it's just it's a lot easier to to win those end of the if you have you know a minute minute 30 it's a lot easier to get down the field not to minimize what they did because it's unbelievable with Flynn Nagel making plays and Clayton just refusing to lose that game it was it was special to watch and as fans of Northwestern I think we were all looking for um, the team to really fight tooth and nail similar to how they've done over the last couple of years and they did it against Michigan State but early in the season we didn't really see it but to see them have a win like that was so emotional and, and really play so hard was was comforting. I'm glad you mentioned the two fourth and ten conversions right. because I, I remember a game I think it was the, the Hail Mary Zach Kustak game at uh, Minnesota in 2000 where I think they converted like four or five fourth downs with the game on the line but I've never I don't think I've ever seen a team convert 
fourth and ten twice on one drive when they needed to get some kind of points on the board there to to cut into that lead, and they were able to do it. That was pretty remarkable. Yeah, I mean, just hang around, right? Yeah. That's that's what you got to do, hang around. And, you know, we saw it with Nebraska a couple years ago before they, their Hail Mary. It was yeah. that, that fourth down play yeah, that just kept Amir them in the game. Abdullah right. stretching out for the ball. Uh, Teddy Greenstein is the college football columnist for the Chicago Tribune, and uh, we thought we grab Teddy for a couple of minutes here. I know uh, he was watching that game with great interest last Saturday. And Teddy, you've seen a lot of comebacks in your life, but that one's got to rank right up there, right? Mr. Cat, that comeback was a lot more fun than uh, the comeback that Michigan had. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it's, it is a lot more fun when, when you're the team that's down and you're going up against a team that suddenly is playing scared and not to lose and, you know, afraid and, oh, we better not blow it. Yeah, this one was amazing. And, and as you guys mentioned, the two fourth and tens are what stand out, especially when I was, you know, rewatching the game, how clutch, uh, how clutch those plays were. Yeah, no question about that. So we're halfway through this college football season, more or less, give or take a a week or two, And uh, as far as the regular season goes, Teddy. Where is the Big Ten right now in terms of its prestige, lack thereof, depending on uh, who who you talk to? Where, Where does this conference stack up nationally? Yeah, Dave, I'd say it's more lack thereof. Um, you know, Wisconsin, this was supposed to be the year. Um, returning Hornibrook and Jonathan Taylor and, you know, really like four offensive linemen who'd gotten All-America mentioned in one form or the other. Um, but lost to BYU, defense solely banged up. Um, in contrast to Fitz going forward on fourth and ten twice uh, during that drive, Paul Christ is punting on fourth and two in plus territory from the from the Michigan 42 last week just just kind of baffling and his team uh, reflected that lethargy so Wisconsin's been a downer um you know I would say Penn State almost losing to App State was something that uh was a, a harbinger of things to come Michigan State losing at Arizona State not good so you know the conference is really relying on Ohio State and Michigan to continue winning to make that game Saturday of Thanksgiving the premier game in the league. You know, it always used to be, um, but it really hasn't been lately. So if they keep winning, then that one's going to be huge. Yeah, thanks, Eddie. Um, we all know Ohio State's a premier program. They, they've looked from a, just a talent perspective and consistency all year. They've looked great. What are your thoughts on Michigan? Dave and I were talking about it before. They, they continue to get better. Uh, the Northwestern game, you know, they didn't play great. Notre Dame kind of sloppy as well. But they're, they seem to really be hitting strides now with the offense and Shea Patterson, you know, with his the quarterback run game a little bit more, but have they reached their ceiling? Are they going to continue to get better? The defense is always great, but where do you see this team going? Yeah, by the way, Danny, I love this reversal since, you know, usually I'm the one right, who's asking exactly. questions. It's been like that for the last 10 years. Um, you know, I think Michigan clearly is way better. And I mean, it starts with the offensive line. Like, we know that Michigan's front seven is spectacular, and that's been really how it's been for probably every year of Jim Harbaugh's tenure. But it's always been this question about the offensive line, and Dave Warner's come in, and they look a lot better. That said, it's still a totally unproven team. I mean, even even as a top-ten team, they still haven't beaten their rival, and they still haven't won on the road. I mean, you're still talking about a team that, you know, hasn't, you know, the loss to Notre Dame this year uh, has always, has just struggled under Harbaugh against Michigan State and Ohio State and doesn't play well on the road. So so Saturday's game, you know, to beat Wisconsin, that was huge. Um, 
to beat him so convincingly to dominate the second half. But let's not assume they're back yet because they still have right. to show it. Uh, and it starts Saturday uh, in at Michigan State. And it's just incredible the lack of success that Michigan has had recently um, against ranked teams on the road. 17 straight losses, I believe. And Michigan State is pretty much our own Harbaugh. So let's see what happens Saturday. Yeah, maybe talk a little bit more about the game on Saturday. What are you expecting? I think Dave and I were talking in a previous show that, you know, if Michigan drops Michigan State and drops Ohio State, are they going to start calling for his head? Or I, I don't, we don't know, but they obviously have to get through Michigan State first. So what are you expecting on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, it's sort of a clash of, I just wrote about this in my handicapping column. It's a clash of the eye test versus historical trends. And amazingly enough, in Michigan-Michigan State games, the last 10, Michigan is 0-10 against the spread. Hmm. Now, the spread's 7, so Michigan could obviously still win and not cover, and that's a separate issue. But it just speaks to you know, how Michigan State has dominated this rivalry, especially since Mike Hart you know, called the Spartans' little brother. So I think you just have to rely on history and say this is going to be a very close game. I mean, Michigan State is totally banged up but has to feel great about itself after driving 78 yards to win in State College. And this is the game that they get up for more than anything else. I mean, for Michigan, Michigan State is probably rival number three. But for Michigan State, Michigan is rival number one. So that's the, that probably speaks to why the Spartans do so well. I'm looking ahead. I know – Coaches don't do that. Player, they tell their players not to do it, but we do. Uh, we do. Right. And uh, it's Saturday, October twenty seventh, Northwestern hosting Wisconsin. Iowa wow. goes to Penn State, yep. uh, and and the following Saturday, uh, Penn uh, Penn State plays at Michigan. Iowa plays at Purdue. There's a couple pretty critical weeks coming up in the Big Ten. I think the the Hawkeyes have been very impressive. Purdue looks like a team that's starting to play the way people expected them to play. Um, but is there a game there that you look at as as far as the Big Ten West? Uh, and it's weird to say this. Northwestern's in control of their destiny right now, but they got a lot of competition in, in that division from Iowa, from Wisconsin, from a, a hard-charging Purdue team who would appear now. Is there a game there you look at and think, okay, this is the one that that should determine this division championship? Yeah, I mean, Dave, a lot of the ones you mentioned will help determine it. And looking farther ahead, you know, you all have to hope that Northwestern at Iowa also helps determine it. Um, and that'll be the case if Northwestern, you know, takes care of business uh, against Rutgers and then can beat Wisconsin. Then that Iowa game becomes huge. Um, that's what's kind of fun right now. I mean, the West is pretty wide open. I mean, I think you could you could certainly make a case for Iowa, Wisconsin, Northwestern, and Purdue. You know, those four are all really going to have a shot at it. So, uh, you know, a lot of them play each other down the stretch, and that should make for uh, hopefully an interesting November. I mean, that's the thing that, you know, is such a season saver there for Northwestern to beat Nebraska because if the Cats lose that right. one, then all of a sudden they're out of the Big Ten race again in October. So, uh, that rally. Uh, I think you tweeted that, Teddy. Before did, I did. did you? Yeah, you got some flack for that. I know, but I don't regret it at all. I mean, <laughs> when a team has like a one point three percent chance to rally, and I say it's looking like it's going to be, fair. That's it fair. was looking yeah. like it's going to be. You're, I, mean, you're right. I didn't say they were dead and buried, but absolutely. <laughs> I know people are trying to throw it on old takes exposed. It's right. like, 
okay, dude, you know, <laughs> if you were there, you would have thought the same right. thing. Right. I mean, we were all there and we thought the same thing. Right. Kind of dovetailing off that, what's the, because Northwestern just, it's such a weird scenario right they struggle in the, the non-conference but they control their own destiny in the west what's the perception of northwestern in the big 10 right now yeah it's a great question and, and why this happens you know the duke loss i feel like is you don't have to apologize for that right. i mean duke's an excellent team if they played again tomorrow i think duke would win I, I saw the game there was nothing remotely fluky about it and Northwestern combination doesn't match up well. Cutcliffe is a great coach. That's okay. The Akron win was inexcusable, except for the fact that, you know, it was very fluky and they gave up 36 points in the second half and two pick sixes and a strip sack fumble return. So, you know, that's the one that you just you just can't have. I mean, you just you can't have that, especially with a big lead against a, a, a so-so MAC team at home. So that was that's been the one game this season that I feel you know doesn't kind of fit the others. Uh, they they should be one game better, but it happened. And uh, look, th- those games go against you, and then like Nebraska, sometimes the games you don't deserve to win, you win. It's going to be a fun few weeks here coming up in the Big Ten. Teddy, as always, uh, thanks for taking a few minutes with us. We appreciate it. I'm sure we will see you on the road somewhere in a Big Ten stadium near you uh, very soon. Enjoyed it, guys. Talk to you soon. Thanks, right, Teddy. Thanks, Teddy. Teddy Greenstein from the Chicago Tribune. You know, you look at that Iowa team, Dan, and, and they're scoring a ton of points right now. Uh, they they were impressive. And, look, I'll own, I'll own it. I said that they, they were in trouble at Indiana, hardly in trouble at Indiana. They've got Maryland at Kinnick Stadium this week for homecoming. Maryland's a dangerous team, but I still would take my chances with Iowa at home in that game. But then things get tougher for them. They go to Penn State. They go to Purdue. They play Northwestern at home. Uh, and then uh, they go to Illinois after that. So uh, I think the next two, three weeks will tell the story for this this Iowa team and see if, in fact, they're going to be in the mix heading into November, uh, the, the latter weeks of November, for that uh, Big Ten West title. It's going to be fun, if nothing else, right? Yep. There's there's a yep. lot of teams that are, that are charging. I, I agree Maryland's a, a very scary team. But again, I agree that at home they're they're. I don't think Iowa's going to lose that game. Purdue, I would be worried if I were Iowa. They're just rolling right now. They've they've got the right players in the right situations. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens with Northwestern Wisconsin, and then you know if Northwestern can take care of business um, and Iowa does as well. The the showdown in, in Kinnick, but it's fun. It's it's why you yeah. that's why you watch college football. We're glad there's not a two game lead with Wisconsin above everybody because it's it just does it's not as fun to watch. All right, I know that uh, we were looking at Nebraska last week and thinking, well. Adrian Martinez, he's pretty good. Uh, J.D. Spielman, uh, Stanley Morgan, they got some weapons on this team. Ozigbo ran the ball well last week. They're 0-6. They got nothing to show for it. It's unbelievable that this team has been unable to figure out a way to win a game. Now, they do have Bethune-Cookman as the makeup game for the Akron cancellation coming up uh, a week from Saturday. They've got Minnesota this week and uh that's a game in which you would think minnesota has been they were started up they went down right uh, maybe this is the week, but they're going to win a game, right? They might be yeah, win they're not more going, than one. They're not going on twelve, um, and I think 
at the end of the day, they are 0-6, but they're not playing like an 0-6 team. It's kind of Murphy's Law, right? Everything that could have gone wrong for them has gone wrong, yep. especially late in games. Um, when you look at Colorado and then you know Northwestern we just talked about. So they're better than 0-6, but it's just, unfortunately, football is a really cruel game sometimes. Yes, and if you don't And if you don't stay focused till the triple zero, things happen. And I think Nebraska is really learning that the hard way this year. And again, as we talked with with uh, the Nebraska folks, this isn't you know if even if they went only twelve, Frost is fine, um, and they're getting better. But I think uh, they're favored to beat Minnesota. It's two teams that I believe that are going in a little bit different directions. I think they'll Nebraska will get some steam going at the end of the year. Whether it's you know three, four, five wins, I think they'll have momentum in the offseason, and that's really what they're going for right All now. All right, let's get to our predictions. And uh, again, it was not a good week last week from a prediction standpoint for the uh, trio on this show but it's time for super joe's prediction of the week prediction to say or estimate a specified thing will happen in the future super, super joe's predictions, predictions. yeah as dan so kindly pointed out i uh, <laughs> fell on my face with the uh, michigan penn or michigan state penn state prediction um i'm actually going to go to a uh, big 10 west team purdue hosting ohio state Getting 13 and a half points at home. Uh, you know, they. I, I think if you add up the three losses, it is uh, fewer than double digits. Th- th- that's a quality team. Yep. Th- and these two teams air it out. They are the two leading uh, passers in the Big Ten. I think it's going to be a fun game uh, for Purdue, and I think they keep it close. Ohio State wins, but Purdue covers. Joe, we can't let you off the hook that easy. I know you talked about the Michigan-Michigan <laughs> State game last week as your, your twofer. The twofer, yeah. What's, do you still, are you sticking with your pick there? Or? I, I am. I think Michigan wins. Um, and, and Teddy talked about one of my uh, one of those numbers that Wolverines fans cringe over. Antonio uh, just crushes it against the spread. Ten and zero in his last ten, and and uh, in those ten games, he's eight and two straight up as well. Hmm. Um, Michigan has not won on the road against a ranked team since two thousand six. So um, it the. the, the you know, Michigan is clearly the better team, but there's th- this is the Super Bowl for Michigan State. The Spartans love getting after the Wolverines, and it's going to be fun. Um, Eleven o'clock, you know, Central Time, uh, Saturday morning for sure. Is Mich- are the Spartans going to win, or are they going to just cover? I think they'll cover. I think it's a close okay. game. Michigan wins. Got it. All right, I'm going to go to Lincoln, Nebraska, the game I just talked about. The Nebraska Cornhuskers, uh, last I saw, four-point favorites over the Minnesota Golden Gophers this week, and I think Nebraska. And it's got to be a tough week out there. I mean, that's that's a tough one to get over, but I think this is the week that Scott Frost gets his first win as the head coach of the Cornhuskers, and they do it by more than the four points. I agree with that. I'm going to go to Piscataway, New Jersey, Northwest. Western on the road. Oh, come be kind here. Dan. Yeah, no, I know. Northwestern's going to win, but I, they're just, you know, as big favorites wherever they are, they typically don't do well. So um, they're favored by 20 right now. I think they, they don't cover that. Yeah, that's a big number. I actually I had uh, Indiana covering a big number in New Jersey. They're they're starting yeah, to play better over there. That yeah. was the run, well they did in that game, but they haven't played all that well since then. <laughs> right, right. Like the last week against Maryland, it is homecoming for them. You never know, but. Uh, this, uh, I, I, let's just put it this way. I hope we're not talking about overtime on Saturday. Oh, God. Ho- hopefully I, not. I don't think uh, at this point that's not really good for your general cardiovascular conditioning. So, or maybe it is. Uh, but that's going to do it for this week's Collegiately Speaking. Thanks, as always, to Super Joe Romano, our producer, for Dan Persa. I'm Dave Ennett. Thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you again next week from WGNRadio.com.